Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the HO Racing Today podcast with me, Chase Ellis, your home for everything HO Racing. I'd like to welcome my guest co-host again, and Nick Canan. How have you been, man? I've been doing pretty well, Chase. Thank you for asking, and uh, thank you for having me back, of course. I know this is, I believe, my third time hosting uh, the HO Racing Today podcast, and it's always a fun time every time, you know, getting new media out there. I love what you do on this podcast, so I'm always really happy to be a part of it, especially on this special Nats preview episode. Yeah, oh yeah. And uh, this has been in the works in my script and my scripts for over a year now since we had a the, the next move back from last year. Um, I really appreciate you being on, man. I think you're really fit for the role. Um, you've really, um, you're pretty much a part of that scene for many years now, and I'm just a rookie in this, so I'm learning stuff new, new stuff every day about the about Hopra and about the sport and its history. But um, really wanted to spread it out there. So I uh, also wanted to mention something really special announcement before we start. Um, if you're listening and you're planning on attending the national championships this week. Uh, be sure to go to the registration table and say 46 years and counting. You'll receive a free hopper t-shirt courtesy of Sean Moulter. Uh, shirts are limited. It is a first come, first serve basis. Uh, again, uh, when you go to the Bertram Motel in Aurora, Ohio, and you stop by the registration table, uh, mention 46 years and counting and at the to receive a free hopper t-shirt. Um, this year is the 46th annual national championships in Aurora, Ohio. It takes place at the Bertram Hotel from June 21st to the 26th, so just next week. Um, check the description for more details. Uh, these Nats were delayed from 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we will be abiding by CDC guidelines for 2021, which is part of the re- is one reason why we are holding them this year. But um, and I really want to mention this before we really get into the Nats and storylines going in. But uh, this year um, was really hard for all of us in the HO racing community because uh, we'll be dedicating the Nationals this year to our friends Tom Shepard, uh, Sam Heller, Mike Sidwell, and James Kennedy. Uh, they all passed away a lot in 2020 and this year, and they'll be very dear, dearly missed by all of us here at the at the hot. Uh, pretty much all of us in the Hopper organization. But uh, I never knew Shep, Sam, or Mike, but I've heard really great things about them. They were really great people on and off the track, and I really wish I really got to meet them. Uh, they really sounded like really not that a lot of people, um, I should say they were, when people hear about them when they're coming there, that other people get excited. They really were nice guys, and uh, they'll be missed by all of us. Um, I've I ran it. I know I didn't know James very well, but I did know him as a really good T-Jet racer. But uh, uh, he repeated a lot. He was a long time racer in the hobby. But uh, um, but I also I heard James was really nice, really nice guy to talk to at the Nationals. And uh, um, they will be dearly missed by all of us. Yeah, that I, you know, I had the uh, the honor of counting all of these guys among uh, among my friends, and I knew all of them very well. Um, at the very least, see them once a year at the Hopper Nationals, and um, you know they're they're all going to be really dearly missed, and um, not only by um, their friends and family, but also by uh, their HO fans, um, by mm-hmm. all of us in the slot car racing community, and um, 
I knew all of them uh, pretty well. Um, but, you know, none more than Sammy, of course, who mm-hmm. uh, has been one of my best friends since I was nine years old. So um, I miss him a lot. I miss all of them a lot. And uh, I'm so glad to be honoring them this year at the Hopper Nationals for um, what are what is a hobby they all cared about so much. Mm-hmm. And I know in my heart, that they'd all want us to go on, and that's what we're going to do this year. And it's not going to be an easy one, but we're going to get through this together. And uh, that's what I really like about this hobby, and uh, what especially what I saw with uh, multiple, I know they did a benefit race, benefit IROC race for Sam Heller uh, and his battle with cancer, but uh, I know he really, really appreciated when we did that. And um, the fun that was set up for uh Shep's wife and kid um that really get, gained a lot of momentum and uh that was really nice to see a lot of their relatives reach out to us and really thank us for um how much generosity has been uh prevalent among uh, fellow HO racing uh, enthusiasts and uh it really took me back I'll say that mm. but okay so I'd like to, before we get into the storylines on the Hopper Nats coming into this year, um, both of us really think we want, need to explain the basics of the Hopper Nationals and what, where they started. So I'm going to have uh, Nick kind of dive into it for us here. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Hopper is an HO organization. It stands for HO Professional Racing Organization and, or association, geez. Uh, and um, essentially it is the uh, primary pro sanctioning body uh, here in the United States for HO slot car racing Um, it holds a nationals every year um, and is comprised of a senate with members from each of the sanctioned regions uh, of HOPRA Uh, So there are different clubs across the country. They each have senators, which decide on the rule book. And then at the Nationals every year, which have been going since 1975 consecutively, with the exception of last year. Uh, And, yeah, it's it's always a lot of fun. It's very, very close racing. And it definitely houses what I would say are the fastest drivers in the nation. Most definitely. And... And this now, and like you said, they've held it almost four, over 40 consecutive years. They've held the nationals. It's the longest running national event ever in the country. And I really agree with you. It really, uh, the premier, all the premier drivers show up to it. It's regarded as the crown jewel, the Super Bowl of sorts of a uh, of inline of uh, inline slot car racing, which is mostly what the Hopper, uh, uh, most of the Hopper classes are comprised of. But um, that's crazy how much Hopper clubs are around the United States and uh, mm-hmm. just to see all of them come out. And we've even had some come out of country, which uh, from Britain, Japan and all sorts of guys from either around the country, even out, even in the country or out of the country. It's insane with how much people come down. Yeah. And um, it's a really jam packed week. And I'm really excited for it being my first career nationals and uh I've heard it's a lot of fun. 
going out to eat and just and just interacting. So it's a very that's what I yeah. like about HO racing is the social aspect of it. It's I really like that. And not just for the cars and the racing, but just the social interactions that you have, especially at the Nats. I mean, whole week cooped up in a hotel. It sounds pretty fun. So just mm-hmm. racing. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. This is possibly the most excited I've been for a nationals. I think it's gonna be really interesting just being able to be in our rooms and you know go downstairs and we'll be right at the track. That'll be really cool. Um, this is my, I believe eighth Hopper Nationals, tenth wow. uh, if I'm including Euphora Nationals in there as well, which is mm-hmm. a now defunct organization. But um, that would be a good future episode. But anyway. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I've had a lot of fun at the Nationals in the past, and I'm possibly the most excited I've ever been for this one. Oh, yeah. And then especially now we're going to get into some of the storylines this year. And I really think it's a really good time to have a Nationals preview episode because we've had a year to really uh, as a like, kind of like a research development year is what I like to think of. Yeah. And yeah. I know the pandemic was really bad here in the United States. I know several, a lot of clubs uh, canceled races or seasons as a result of this so mm-hmm. maybe we didn't get as much research development time as we wanted but i know um a lot of people a lot of hopper clubs around the country have gotten some really valuable uh, r&d time just straight racing a year pre- extra year preparation that's pretty much what i like to see it so it'll be very interesting to see how this pans out but uh, i want to mention first off one of the biggest storylines coming out of this year is the new wizard chassis the wizard wizard the excuse me can't speak the wizard fusion chassis will make its nationals debut uh they've got a huge uh marketing campaign behind it team blue which i really like it it's a really cool marketing campaign but uh so how do you think because we've seen the fusion and what it can do this past year, I know Rich May dominated at the Midwest Championships, which that's a whole nother explanation we'll have to offer. But the Midwest Championships is pretty much like a, I should say, kind of second nationals a little bit. But it's it's held at Lucky Bob's, which is a hobby, it's a hobby shop and raceway in Wisconsin. And it's one of the more highly regarded events in the country as well as the Hopper Nationals. But anyway, um, a Fusion won that race. And it's continued to win races in hopper clubs around the country. Um, yep. I think it's proven to be a really fast magnet car. Um, it's really competitive, and it's up there with the Vipers and the B- and the BSRT chassis. And I really think it'll be very interesting this year with the uh, adjustments they made this past year, um, especially the Gen 2 ceramic magnets. I know you mentioned to me uh, earlier in the week, but uh, I really think with this the year of research development, it's going to help that chassis a lot. Yeah, that's that's my thoughts exactly, Chase, is I think that, you know, I'm I'm not going to say we're not going to see Vipers, G's mm-hmm. out there um, doing well. Like we we absolutely are. I mean, but the I know several of the top racers uh, are coming in fully expecting to be running their fusions at this race, have spent most of their preparation time for the Nationals on their fusions. And mm-hmm. um you know, something we had kind of noted is the car does definitely have some weakness in the Brass Racer class, which is a support race, and yep. uh, CMPM as well. Mm. Um, but I fully expect it to be. Uh, there's a solid shot, I think, that the national champion in Spec Racer, which is, again, a support class, and 
super stock. And super stock will be a a a fusion. There's a really solid shot. And like you said, a year of R and D really helped that car because um not just from the standpoint of drivers learning how to use it, but we also saw the release of the N Bell um as an option mm-hmm. for people who didn't want to use a quote unquote brush barrel car in the bulkhead fusion. Um and um we also saw, as you just noted, the Gen 2 ceramic magnets, which I think are the biggest development with the Fusion. I mean, prior yeah. with the Gen 1 ceramics, I'm not going to say like it was definitely still a really good car. It showed it was competitive. There was races I was in against it where it was really competitive yeah, um, me with too. the Gen 1 magnets. But with the Gen 2 magnets, it is on a consistent basis pretty much equal with the Viper and the G equal, if not better. So, you know, it's, I fully expect it to have a really good showing and it went from competitive and, you know, competitive with them to equal, if not better with the Gen 2 magnets. Yeah. And I really want to pause it and explain to people out there about the brush barrel and inbuilt. I know that could be kind of confusing, but the Fusion had two different brush designs over its lifetime so far. Um, the first design had a brush barrel type of design. The brushes are fixed on the chassis. It's similar to a Tyco 440, and you can adjust that. Don't they use screws? I believe they can adjust that. Or um, kind of- That's on, on a typical um, – so on a, a more um, traditional brush barrel car, it would have screws. Um, mm-hmm. A – the brush barrel quote unquote system on the fusion is actually a lot closer to a 124th scale car where it's ah. held in by springs and it's actually um the brushes are square uh mm. and it's held in by springs all right then the inbuilt design uh the brushes are suspended on arms they're a little it's a little bit more of a flexible uh design it allows brushes to move freely on the commutator and or the brush or the arms to move um uh, depending on the size of the com, and it pretty much grips around that com, and uh, pretty much put, put, well, the arms are tensioned to where that they're they push the brushes against the com, and allow yeah, that. It's great to but, to think about it like a uh, like a Tomy Super G Plus. Um, yes. For anyone who's familiar with that, it's it's that style of brush system. Yep. And the the Viper and the BSRT are pretty much very pretty much similar. To the Tomy Super G Plus, just to be some changes, but um, well, but yeah, um, Gary, uh, Gary, Gary Beetle, who designed the G, which of course the the Viper is also inspired by, it was one of the lead designers on the Tomy Super G Plus. Wow. So that would be that would be why he kind of yeah. um, iterated upon it to create the G3, which has been yep. iterated upon since, and we have the G3 RS as the current form of it, and the Viper uh, V1 by Dan Cronin and. Um, uh, uh, Terry. John Crum, and Terry and John. Yeah, Terry Flynn. Oh, yeah, Terry Flynn out of a part in designing that. But I think we've already answered the question of whether or not it can compete with the V1s and G3s. I really think they can. Um, if I've seen with these fusions that they're adjusted and tuned correctly, they can keep up and even outrun a V1 or a G3, um, mm-hmm. depending on the track. I know um, the Spec Racer and Superstock, the Pro track, is going to be a very complicated one this year. It always mm-hmm. is. So it'll be interesting to see how it does with all those technical turns on there. Um, on the amateur superstock class, I really think that Fusion can fly on that track. I've seen them fly on that track we're going to be racing 
Uh, plenty of guys used him. I know, I think one guy might have finished second with one in spec. I think last time he raced on that track with a spec fusion. But it's it's proven to be very competitive on what I've seen the little uh, – the, I should say it would be interesting to see what it can do on a technical track. So we are yet to see that. Yeah, I mean, they they theoretically have a downforce advantage with their yep. very large traction magnets. So I think on technical tracks, they'll actually be in a really great place. Um, mm-hmm. It's It'll be interesting to see because, you know, when it comes to that, it's also like material the track is made out of will play into mm-hmm. it. And so I'm I'm really interested to see because the um, the super stock track for at least pro super stock and spec racer is um, is a whiz track, mm-hmm. one of the black yep. um, PVC whiz tracks. And. I'm really interested to see how it performs on that style of track. And, you know, mm-hmm. I'll have some fusions prepared myself um, for <laughs> it. I, I'll, I'll have Vipers and fusions prepared uh, to try. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see. I think largely as to can it compete with the V1, the G3, it's really going to be track dependent. Do yeah. I think it can compete in general? Absolutely. Oh, oh, but I really yeah. think it's going to be track dependent on what's better, the Fusion or a Viper G style car. Yeah. And I really see him this year scoring hard, a lot of, I can see him scoring hardware this year in terms of podiums and wins. They've done it all of last year. Like like I explained earlier, Rich May won at the Midwest Championships in Superstock, set the lap record with the Fusion. Um, but I really can see them winning some hardware this year with this new chassis. I really can see it, but it depends on the track and how the race pans out. I mean, we, we've seen anything can happen in some of these races, and uh, we're going to see it this year. Absolutely. And speaking of Wizard, uh, they have another chassis debuting this year at the Nats that was just made legal by Hopper, but it's the WizJet T-Jet chassis is going to make its Nationals debut in the Vintage T-Jet class, which um, the Vintage T-Jet class is basically... Mod T-Jet, like I've explained in the past on this pro- on this podcast, it's based on the Frey rules, and it's pretty much um, Frey cars, is pretty much, or some people around the country call them super stock jets, as other people call them. But um, mm-hmm. very similar to Frey rules. Um, but the WizJet chassis is interesting because I think you've known this for a limited time you've been in T-Jets, but you know how time-consuming it is to match an Aurora tub and an Aurora plate um, together. Yeah. <laughs> and getting it to line up and because alignment is a huge thing with the T-Jet because if you don't align the armature gear or the armature shaft to that hole, then you're going to have massive mesh issues. So what the WizJet's done is it's provided a more consistent chassis right out of the box. It's like, okay, you can immediately start building. Like, here's your match. Here's your tub and plate. Go and build. And it's really lessened the build time and really made it easier. For us builders and guys and racers out there, um, they've also lowered the axle holes a little bit to allow for more downforce, um, especially with these new Dash Killer B magnets that have been ruling club racing for the past year or so. And uh, I really think this this chassis is a very good performer. Um, I've seen it perform very good at our in our club races, and the, it routinely is all, all top four positions are routinely. Uh, WizJet in our mod T-Jet class with occasional Aurora, but mostly it's been WizJet in all of our A-mains in this year. Um, they're they're going to be extremely competitive. Um, I think they'll change the game 
pretty much this year because um, the fray, I believe, has allowed them, and I really think they are going to dominate for years to come. I really do believe so. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see how they've brought extra life to the T-Jet class, um, you know, where new old stock for some time now has been pretty hard to find, right? So, um, you know, seeing new chassis come in, um, and I say chassis because, of course, uh, I think we'd be remiss to not mention the Dash chassis as well. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the WizJet chassis, as we're focusing on here, is really really competitive i mean from yeah. what i've seen uh i don't follow t-jet racing incredibly closely but what i have seen is that it has been the dominant car since it has yeah. come out and you know with with rc from wizard who designed the chassis um being at the nationals this year i think we'll expect to see a similar level of dominance on a national stage uh for the first mm -hmm. time so that'll be really interesting to keep an eye on. And I, I fully expect, um, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm hedging my bets a little too much here, but I, I fully expect the winner of the vintage T-Jet class will be driving a WizJet this oh, year. Oh, guarantee. I, I'm going to predict that it is a WizJet in the top position. Um, and I'll explain later when we get into predictions, but there's a, it's a loaded field with the T-Jet racers. Yeah. And you got Rick Jockham, yeah. R.C. Lincoln, former Frey champions. Rick Jockham is a five-time Frey and Ferndale champion. So he knows how to build a car. I've noticed, because I have, I'm going to race a WizJet this year in Vintage T-Jet, but the deadly combination is the three-lamb dash motor, the Killer B magnets, and the RTHO top gears is a deadly combination with the WizJet. And it's Chase, just, you're leaking your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I've seen, and that's what I've uh, seen guys win with, pretty much. Is, are those gears have been really good for the past couple of years? But but it should be dominant. I can't wait to see it. Um, I really want to thank RC and Wizard, Bob, Cheryl again uh, for all you do for the hobby. We all really appreciate it with these new chassis. I know. It's a very time-consuming process and a very frustrating one at times. But you guys, and expensive. Um, and expensive. we really appreciate it, dedicating your lives to the hobby. And uh, we, can't, we can't thank you all enough. Yeah, thank you guys, as always. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I wanted to mention, there's two more really notable storylines, I think, going into this. Uh, the, the new Rondo motors are going to make their debut in the CMPM class. Uh, Chris Ronda, Rondello, or Rondo as we like to call him, is an Ohio hopper racer. He has decided to start making inline motors, winding, and and making uh, polymod motors. So that will be interesting to see. Um, I've seen them be very competitive right out of the box. Um, they have really huge potential. We're going to see if they're reliable. With I've, I'm pretty sure it will be reliable, but um, mm. we're going to see how it performs on the national stage, and I can't wait to see that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, they're, they're just for clarification purposes, uh, CMPM is a class which uses custom wound armatures primarily. Um, mm. So uh, as opposed to something that is more stock. Um, and Rondo has been a top, uh, particularly CMPM Neo Unlimited yep. driver for, for years now. I mean, he is a multi-time national champion. He is, uh, I believe, a grand champion as well. I think he won yes. the grand championship in 2016 uh, at Lenjet in Massachusetts. Um, 
which, of course, we'll get into what the Grand Championship is a little bit later. But essentially, it's the top driver from the Nationals that year. And that was Chris Rondinella in 2016. And I, I feel like it was only a matter of time, especially with what we have, what is essentially a custom-wound armature shortage. Um, it was only a matter of time before somebody else threw their hat in the ring. And I'm really happy that Rondo has done it. And from what I've heard and seen in person, because I have raced against one of his armatures uh, in the hands of Roger Percelli, um, they're good. They're really yeah. good. So uh, I'm excited to see what they do at the Nationals. I'm sure we're going to see a number of drivers using them in CMPM. Chris himself, of course, um, yeah. Rondo, just for the nomenclature, Rondo, um, Corey Glover, also known as Bodie, um, mm-hmm. Roger, and potentially others. And who knows? We could see him in other classes, too. I know that they're experimenting a little bit with that. I can't get too much into the details, yeah. but I know they're experimenting a little bit with in it. But primarily, we'll be looking at them with the CMPM armatures. Yes. And that track, that Mushing's Fiber track, I've seen it. I have not seen it in person yet, but it's going to be, it's a huge track. And I'm really excited oh, yeah. to see what motors are going to do at the, on that track. I expect so. to see some milder armatures uh, in that class for sure. Cause that track is a snake pit. It is, yes, it is, it is uh, a very large track, but they're very little straight away. So yeah, all turns. Yes. But, um, It'll be interesting. I'm actually racing. I'm in charge of race directing that class, so I'll be able to see it in person. It'll be very interesting to see how that pans out. But uh, the last really notable, I think, storyline going into this, it's a huge one. But uh, Roger Porcelli has really dominated the Superstock game the past couple years. Uh, he's actually going for four straight pro Superstock wins to tie his father, Tony Porcelli Sr for the record of most class wins in a row, which Tony did it uh, from 1997 to 2000 in the unlimited class. And it would be very special if Roger can pull that off. But uh, yep. I know pro super stock is pretty much the bread and butter class of Hopra. And it's mm-hmm. always a competitive class every year. And it's not going to be easy for him though. As much as I want to see him do it, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, this year, um, this year is going to be really interesting because, you know, every year we come to the Nationals. Um, I, I guess maybe I should save uh, what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say that the track this year is the great equalizer uh, for yep. Pro Super Stock. And I'm going to get into why when we kind of get down to our predictions. Um, but I think that's going to help Roger, actually, um, mm. uh, this year. And, you know, because I think his hardest is so. His consecutive wins are 17, 18, 19. He is one pro super stock. 2020, we didn't have the Nationals, of course. That has been delayed to this year. Um, and, you know, 19 was his particularly hardest fight because yep. it was at Lucky Bob's. And every year that you go to Lucky Bob's, you fully expect those home guys to be <laughs> insanely tough. I mean, insanely yep. tough. I think Roger won by only about a lap over Jeez. Bill Armour in 2019. Uh, I may be mistaking that. It might have been two or three, but it was very, very close. Um, and Bill Armour is one of the home guys from Wisconsin there for Lucky Bob's. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see without, like, that huge home track advantage. There will be a little bit of that. Again, we'll get to that. But... 
without that being as big a factor this year, it'll be interesting to see. I think Roger will be in a really good position for the four P, but we'll come back to that in just a little bit. But yeah, it would be amazing. We've never seen this level of dominance uh, other than uh, other than Tony in yeah. the late nineties and early two thousands. I mean, that guy was a monster. We all know that. I mean, I think he still has more grand championships than anyone. He's a mile, um, a country mile pretty much ahead yeah. of everyone. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, and for Roger, it'll be particularly special. I know he wants it bad. He wants oh, it yeah. really bad because no one has done it other than his dad. And he wants to equal his dad. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't even think anyone had done a three-peat other than his no. dad, in fairness. But yes. four in a row is the record. Yep, it's um, the record. So, yeah. And I know if he does end up doing that, it's going to be a very emotional moment that Saturday. But I'm not – it's not going to be easy. I know these um, – I know uh, the Ohio guys are going to be competition in that Pro Superstock. It's their home race. And also, that track is not an Ohio track, actually for that yeah. super, super stock it's an indiana track and yep. i really think those indiana cats those guys are going to be a heck of a competition on that track so yeah, it's I, easy task for roger but he's proven in the past he can face pressure and and live up to it absolutely yeah i, to- I totally All agree right. i think i think it'll be really interesting to watch and we'll be keeping an eye on it and we'll update yep oh yeah and uh, so we're going to get into a very a special part of the podcast, which is we're going to be predicting our uh, who's going to win each class. I know these are either going to age very well or very poorly. <laughs> we'll be recapping these in the future and maybe laughing at each other for what we picked, but uh, or seeing who got it right. It's kind of it's probably going to be a bragging rights, but <laughs> but anyway, we're going to get into it. But uh, um. We're going to start with the national championship classes. Um, There are, I believe, seven different national championship classes going to be run this year. Or actually, yeah, yeah, it would be seven, counting amateur superstars. So, yeah, seven national championship classes, which I might have to explain. The national championship classes are pretty much the premier events of the Hopper Nationals. And they're pretty much much the, the top, like... Uh, they're pretty much the premier classes, pretty much. So they are. We have national championship classes and support classes. Support classes they vary each year, but it pretty much all depends, I believe, on the on the hosting club. But I'm not entirely yes. sure. So yeah, I I can clarify this a little bit. Um, yeah. National championship classes are the ones that are guaranteed to be at the nationals every year. That yeah. is not. Uh, they will be at the Nats every year. Um, additionally, with the exception of Amateur Superstock, they all have payouts. Um, so I believe it's usually the top uh, eight, I want to say, um, are paid out. Um, and uh, they also are the only classes that contribute to the, uh, again, with the exception of Amateur Superstock, they're the only ones that compare uh can contribute to the AFX Grand Champion Trophy. Um, It's only national classes. Support classes, as you've touched on, are chosen every year. They do have to be in the rulebook, but they are chosen every year by the hosting club. So in this case, Ohio Hobra. Yeah. So we're going to get right into it. 
Um, the first class we're going to go over is Vintage T-Jet. Um, it's, like I explained earlier, it's pretty much similar to the Frey. They will be racing on the Route 93 Raceway. It's a Max Tracks owned by Steve Reed. I've raced on that track before. It's a very nice track, long, um, a lot of curves on it, a huge front straightaway. So, but I think um, the past few years have the T-Jet and Frey game is, or the, I should say the Frey game has been dominated by the St. Louis gang. Um, uh, St. Louis, the St. Louis HO Racing Association has been dominant the past couple years in the Frey and Ferndale and the Hopper Nats itself. I'm going to predict Ron Schmidt. Um, he's won multiple events across the Frey calendar, some of the most crown jewel of regarded events in the T-Jet hobby. Uh, he's a Frey and Ferndale champion. Uh, and Ohio, two time, and he's a Ohio Cup champion as well. He's the defending Ohio Cup winner this year, which is a uh, Frey event run in Columbus, Ohio, every year now. But uh, I really think he has the tools. He's he knows that track from the Ohio Cup. We use the Route 93 track for the Ohio Cup, so uh, he has mm-hmm. previous experience on that track. And and not just him. I'm not going to rule out Jeff Kratz either. He's another fast guy from St. Louis, and maybe some of the Ohio guys and some of the uh, Notable fray racers like Rick Jockham, R.C. Lincoln. Um, it'll be interesting this year, but I think Ron will pull it off. Yeah, I think um, R.C. is, for me, um, R.C. is a big mention because yep. he is the defending champion with Hopra for the yep. um, for the vintage T-Jet class, which, again, uh, just to revisit, is essentially equated to the um, Frey Superstock class. Um, and... You know, my pick, I think it's really, really hard to bet against the five-time Rick Jocko. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I when we were making our predictions, this is something kind of funny as like a little peek into our behind the scenes here for you listeners, is that uh, I wasn't sure who was going to be there of the TJ guys. <laughs> and I had written yeah. down somebody completely different as my pick um, mm. to win. And you said, oh, Rick Jockham's going to be there. And I immediately changed my prediction. Like, mm. it, it was uh, – and that's no offense to the other drivers, but it's really hard to bet against the five-time champion of the fray. It's really, really hard to bet against him. And um, that's not to say, like, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, RC and Ron Schmidt, who I believe are – I think Ron Schmidt is also a Hopra national champion in TJ. He might be, actually. Um, I think about it. I think it was either 16 or 17 he won. I could be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of really tight competition. You touched on that. I think this is going to be hands down one of the most competitive classes this year. Um, But and I think any of those are great picks, but my money is on the five time. (laughs) Hey, you can't. He's a very good builder. He's a very good racer. Um, He's the all time fray winner. So he knows how to build and he knows how to race and uh, he's a really big favorite, but that's pretty much all the TJ. I mean, I shouldn't say all the T-Jet guys, Vintage T-Jet or Frey guys are going to be there, but that's the very talented, very talented bunch pretty much. Mm-hmm. And we're going to move to gravity, which it's pretty much a throwback class for us, a national championship. They just, it was recently made about, I think it was like four years ago, five years ago, it was made a national championship. A little longer championship than that class. now, I think. A little longer than that, yeah. Which, but it's a pretty much a throwback class to the days of brass pan cars. I've, we've talked about this on the podcast, uh, the brass wars era, a lot of it, pretty much the brass wars era cars. Um, 
it's pretty much a wide open class. You can pretty much do whatever you want. You can scratch build, but yep. you have to abide by a lift test, which verifies there's almost no downforce on it. And yep. it's pretty much a very driver-esque class. You have to really, I think you've probably driven them before, Nick, but yes. you really have yep. to put further effort into driving. You have to be very smooth. You can't. It's not like the inline cars that you can punch and get away with some things. You cannot with a gravity car. So yeah, I I raced this class at the 2019 national championship with a land shark courtesy of Al Thurman. Thank you very much. And mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of fun. It's a really interesting class because the cars have so much zip and power yep. and mm-hmm. absolutely no downforce. So <laughs> it's really interesting to see because um you know. The, the full name of the class is Unlimited Gravity, um, yep. and the reason it's called that, Unlimited, is because the class doesn't have any rules. So no. you get a really wide variety of cars. The only rules that are in the class is it has to fit through a tech block, so it has to be a certain width, essentially. Um, it has to fit through a tech block. It can't have more than one guide pin, and uh, it cannot pick up the... Um, it can't pick up the pin, as you said. It, it, there's, there's a, a pin is a weird word for it because it's quite yeah. big, actually. Um, yeah. But it can't pick up this piece of metal that they use to test the cars with, and you know that's a big deal because essentially most of the cars, typically what the cars look like, just to give you listeners uh, an image in your head, is they're typically a brass pan chassis. Um, with a can motor most frequently yep. because those produce the most power with the least downforce. Yep. Um, there is variation on that. People frequently will run a magnet traction that has been modified so that it doesn't pick up the pin. Obviously, that is a pancake motor. Occasionally, uh, we'll see other things that are really far out, but for the <laughs> most part, it is a can motor. Uh mm-hmm brass pan based car if you want to look to uh for something that's uh, quite a bit different than that still can motor based but like um rpm's direwolf which is a 3d printed plastic chassis gravity mm-hmm. car and um, and I, I know you mentioned the land shark chassis that's pretty much been the dominant chassis for the past decade in the gravity car class al thurman makes a great chassis a shout out to him as well which thank you for all you do for the hobby and all that you've done but um the land shark it's, I believe it's an angle winder can motor, and it's really it, it's proven to be a highly competitive chassis. It's won multiple national championships, so I would not doubt it if one won again this year. But uh, my two predictions, I have two predictions for this. Uh, varying, uh, again, we're going off of, uh, which it's kind of hard when we don't have an entry list, so I, we tend to have backup picks just in case if someone isn't there, but... My two picks for gravity are Joel Pennington and Pat McGee, which both of them are big threats as innovators. They are really good builders. They've been in the hobbies, they're the hobby for over 40 years. Uh, Joel Pennington is actually a former national champion. He won in 1976 in the second year of the Nats. He, I think they were running ceramic magnet tractions then. But he's a former national champion, really good builder, really good racer. Um, he frequently attends the gravity class, but I'm not totally sure if he is this year. I do know Pat McGee is going to attend. He is a, uh, he, I think he managed to get third place at either. I know it was in the seventies. I can't remember if it was a 77 or 78, but he got third at the Nats one year, uh, racing man attractions as well. And he's also a great builder, great racer. Um, 
Both of them are really big threats to win the gravity title. Another one I think to mention would be Scott Terry and Jim Keen. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, on that, those are those are my picks right there. You just think <laughs> uh wow. you know, Jim Keen I think won in twenty I want to say he was the 2017 national champion, but it, I might be wrong on that. I believe it was one of the Lucky Bob's years he he, he won um, the uh, Gravity Class. And I I fully expect if he's there for him to be in the running. He always is on the money in Gravity. I fully mm-hmm. expect him to be up there. You know, uh, Scott Terry, same thing. He's probably like if I had a second pick, if Jim isn't there. Uh, my money would be on Scott Terry because he yep. was it was I you weren't there in 2019, Chase. But mm-hmm. uh, let me tell you, the gravity race was hands down the closest finish because. Yep. Um, And that's saying something because we were just talking about how close Press Superstock was in 2019. It yep. was uh, so Mo Money uh, yep. won. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe he'll be here this year, but Mo Darn. Money won. <laughs> and second place was Scott Terry and Scott would get uh, he would catch up to be about two feet behind Mo. And I'm not exaggerating about two Mm -hmm. feet on the same lap behind Mo. That's very short. And he would fall off and then he would catch up to be again, (laughs) about a foot or two feet again. It happened three or four times. He would catch up to a foot or two feet behind Mo and then he would fall off. He'd catch up to be, that's how close that race was. It was Jeez. a couple of feet decided Gosh. that race. And, you know, Scott is a builder. He is a builder and a racer. He builds unlimiteds. I I fully expect him to be a competitor. And I think Joel Pennington, your pick, is, is a really, really good pick, too, because he's kind of the progenitor of the unlimited gravity yep. class. So. Mm-hmm. And I think he may have been a factor in creating it, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was one of the leading yeah. people behind creating the class. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that'll be really interesting to watch. Um, the track this year is Eric, is Eric Peterson Peterson's Wizard out of Indiana. Another Indiana track uh, that's going to be held actually, this year. It's not, actually. It's he not? lives oh, in maybe not. New Jersey. He races New Jer- with us. Oh, wow. Jeez. That's yep, going to yep. be rough. Transporting that back. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a very, it's a wizard track. I think it's a, I believe it's a Sinatra PNC. It's a lighter. It's a white yeah, track. Sintra, but Sintra. It's it's a very interesting track. It's a long, lot of long straights. It's got, but it might sound not complicated, but there is a few complicated turns in there that you've got to keep watch out for. But a lot of straightaways. Yeah. Um, it'll be very interesting, interesting to see the gravities fly on that track. But I really think either Pennington or McGee can pull it off. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so amateur superstock, which I've I am choosing someone else. I am racing this class. I'm as much as I want to select myself, I'm not going to. So I'm really going to promote one of my fellow Ohio guys in this, and Chris Abston. Um, he's had some really promising speed on Moe's Wizard. Um, we've had multiple tune-up races on that track within the past year to prepare for the nationals. He's always had some really great speed in his cars in both superstock and spec, but the guy just has the most terrible luck out of anyone. And I explained this to Nick in our behind the scenes, but uh, Chris has had multiple mechanical issues happen to him, just freak mechanical issues. There was a part of the rail that actually came up at a joint, and he hit it, 
and it shoved the shoe completely into the end bell, completely ruined the end bell and car pretty much right off the bat. Ooh. And the most recent race, he was about, we were trading the lead left and right in super stock. He was fast. Like I'm, we were trading the lead. He'd grab it. I'd grab it. But then he comes off, becomes a rider on the straightaway, full speed into one of the walls, bends the axle, and is done. <laughs> but, but I, he has. I think he he's a very big threat to win that. He knows that track, and he's had really great speed. Just some terrible freaking luck, pretty much. I've never seen a guy have worse luck than him. But a very fast guy. Yeah, the something really interesting about amateur superstock is like with the other classes, you can kind of look at previous performance and say, hey, like who's in form right now on top of who's been informed the last few years at the Nationals? And this is something you and I, again, we're talking about behind the scenes is that it's largely a different field, especially the main every year, because if you win, you move up. If you make a certain number of mains within a certain amount of time, you move up to pro. Yep. So. It's very much a uh, a class that doesn't have as much information around it as some of the other classes do. Yep. Um, you know, it'll be really interesting to see who does well. My money is on someone from my club, uh, <laughs> which is Chris Kuiper. Yes. Um, Chris has been consistent. He's very level-headed. Nerves don't really get to him. And he has been consistently really good for the last two years. And, um, you know, I'm going to give a big shout out to Mark Keller as well, yep. um, who has been Chris's primary competition um, the last two years. And um, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm very excited to see what happens with this. I mean, Mark has has been winning a lot of races with us and, you know, so my main pick is Chris, but if I had to give shout outs to a couple other people, it'd be like you, uh, Chase, because I know you've been finding a lot of success on the track, you know, home cooking never hurts. Uh, and, uh, Mark Keller as well. So that's, yep. that's amateur super stock for me. Thank you so much for that. But, uh, I know it's not going to be easy. I know, uh, Chris and Mark are extremely talented. Um, especially the Mahapra amateur scene is really prevalent and really competitive as is here. But uh, it's really going to be an interesting amateur superstock class. And like you said, it's mm -hmm. a little bit of an anomaly class. Like, cause if you win, then you're immediately promoted to pro and you never go back. So once you win, yep. you can never go back to amateur. So it's kind of an oddball. Class, but you get, you get to see the development pretty much of each people in the club and, uh, or each club around the country. And uh, it'll be very interesting to see um, what that race pans out on that track. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is a great time talking about moving up to pro for us to springboard into pro Superstock. Now, just a note on what Superstock is. Um, Superstock is a class that runs a, um, it's a it's a stock motor class, but they're called hot stocks because the armatures are balanced. They're trued. They're allowed to be epoxied, things like that. So they're not a true bone stock armature. They're six ohm hot stock armatures. Um, it's an inline class that uses ceramic uh, motor and traction magnets. And typically, though other forms of tires are legal, silicone over sponge tires, like you would see um, if you're familiar with pancake cars on a super stock T-Jet. Um, so... 
our super stock class, you know, if I'm going to go, I, this is something I really wanted to touch on, which is, and I kind of did touch on a little bit already, is that this is an Indiana Hopper track. So yep. even though uh, Ohio Hopper are hosting the Nationals, this isn't a home cooking track for them. No. So this isn't... Um, <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I think you're muted. Uh, so, sorry about that. Yeah, so um, I'm back. Sorry about that. I think Ohio uh, Hopper so, tried it. Um, yeah, yeah, you were saying so about Ohio Hopper. Yeah, so it's not an Ohio Hopper track. So this yeah. track, in many ways, is going to kind of be the great equalizer because mm-hmm. home cooking is going to come from Indiana. Oh, um, yeah. And so there are some people to watch from there. But I think <laughs> this is going to be the track that collectively at the Nationals, people have the least experience with. Like Shanks yeah. hosts a really big race every year. So his tracks, a lot of people, even out of towners, have time on. Um, yeah. And that, the same goes for a lot of these tracks. We go to Pro Super Stock. There <laughs> hasn't been that many races on this track. It was only made a couple years ago. And, oh, you know... So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Now, my prediction <laughs> is I have a I'm going to give my prediction and then a couple names I want to shout out that I think are going to be really competitive. Uh, because I think it's just going to be that much of a mixed bag in this class. Number one, hands down, is going to be Roger, I think. Yep. Um, I I think there are pe- will be people who give him a run for his money. But mm-hmm. and I hope to me among them because I'm running this class. <laughs> uh, but I think Roger, it's hard to bet against him for the same reason that I said with with um, with Rick Jockham in in T-Jet is Roger has won three in a row. He's every bit as much on his game, if not more, because he loves the fusion. So that's given him mm-hmm. even more tools in his arsenal to work with than he's had the previous years, which is a scary thought in and of itself. Yep. And I think he wants it so bad that it will just be very hard to take it from him, the four in a row. Uh, that said, other really notable mentions. Rich May uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> was the 2015 Grand Champion. Uh he has more time on that track than anyone. So if we're talking about home cooking, Rich May has he, spent the better part of the last year he lives putting in a thing. ton of time on that track. So Which, I fully expect that Rich will be really, really hard to beat. And if you yes. had to have a favorite other than Roger, it's Rich. Yes, That's no not doubt. to say Phil Wallach, who owns the track, yes. has a lot of time on it too and will be hard to beat. But... If you ask Phil who has the most time on his track, he's not going to say him. He's going to say Rich May. So, <laughs> you know, um, I like to think I'll be up there, but who knows? Uh, my dad as well just smashed our super stock track record at our house. So mm-hmm. obviously that's our house, but mm-hmm. his cars are wicked. So I expect him to be up there. He yeah. was second in 2018 and 2013 in this mm-hmm. class. David and, Lear um, is another one. Yeah, David Lear, David former Lear. former national champion. He won in 2011. Yes. Um, it's a time since he won. I know this is going to be a very important race to him. It's his home track. 
and it's a really prevalent opportunity to snag a a long wind drought dating back to I mean it's been 10 years now since he won. Yeah. It would be really awesome for him to score that underdog that upset win pretty much and come out of nowhere. Yep. But he's he's the dark horse this year. This this whole class is going to be a mixed bag and it'll be very interesting to see. Yeah. Who's your pick for for pro super stock there, Chase? Roger Porcelli. My runner-up is David Lear, and uh, my wild card is you. I figured, what the heck? I'm gonna have get my only wild card selection. I'm gonna put my money on you, my dark horse, because you've had so many frustratingly close finishes. You've about made it to the top eight. I think you finished ninth the past two years, 2019, 20. So I can imagine how frustrated you are you want to get to that top eight and i really think you can do it this year man you really have to thank you to yeah t- 2019 i was ninth place by less than a straightaway so oh. i really want to i really want to <laughs> crack into the top eight i really want to crack into the top four but you know oh, yeah. i'll be happy with the top eight so um moving right along <laughs> because we should jump into cmpm now right yep yes sir so I kind of touched on this already, but again, another inline class. Most of these, in fact, all of the ones we're going to touch on, with the exception of the stock T-Jet challenge, are inline classes. And um, CMPM usually is a stiff chassis car, custom wound armatures. They're typically a little milder um, custom wound armatures because they use level 10 polymer uh, compression molded magnets, which is CMPM, compression molded polymer modified. That's what it stands for. Um, so CMPM, uh, I think, would you like to give yours first on this, on this one, Chase? Yes. Um, CMPM, my prediction, uh, no doubt the guy who is Really been a prev- really been a threat to win this class pretty much every year is Chris Rondo, and with I think this new motor that he has developed will really help him with that. Um, he's proven he like you said he won in 2016 in the Polymod class. He's proven to be a threat, legit threat every nationals in this class, and he's it's I really see him pulling another one off on Mike Shanks's track. He knows that track very well, but uh. Um, but I think you have an interesting prediction, which I remember talking about this one, but I think yours will be a little more interesting. But I'm going to say Rondo. Yeah, I, th- I think Rondo's a great pick. You know, he just developed his armatures. He has something uh, to prove with his armatures. And, um, you know, like you said, he's a consistent threat in this class. I mean, I was in the main for this class in 2018. Uh, and Rondo was there and, you know, it's it's hard to beat him. It's hard, he had some mm-hmm. issues in that main, but he he's he's a threat every year and he's a threat every year for a reason. So I think that's a great mm-hmm. pick. However, mm-hmm. my pick this year is another Ohio guy in Corey Glover. Mm-hmm. Now, Bodie, as he is known more colloquially, <laughs> is uh, he is dominant on this cmpm track Uh, (laughs) i may be mistaken so i'm gonna say most but he has won most if not all of the cmpm races on the track for the past year um, (laughs) on the national track he has i think four or five wins on it this year which is insane 
I, but insane. I'm pretty sure he's undefeated on the CMPM track. Jeez. And for that reason, I think he's going to be insanely hard for anyone to beat, and I have to try doing it. Yeah. Uh, I think he is going to be the champion for CMPM this year. Yeah. One person I feel the worst for is Mike Shanks, man. I mean, his track, he's probably spent, like, I can't imagine how much time, probably last minute, I was joking. Uh, earlier that maybe he has to he probably has to wait to yank that thing up and take it to the mask because he wants to get a leg up on him but (laughs) but Bodie is very dominant on that track um, and he's going to be another legit threat for CMPM Uh, he also uh, is a big big proponent in those Rondo motors he helps uh, Chris a lot with doing all that so I really expect him to be another legit threat this year uh, especially with all of his dominance he's had on that track. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, moving moving on once again to Neo Modified. Now, this Ooh, is boy. where we're getting to the really fast stuff. This is where yeah. we're getting to the types of cars that go on a 74-foot track yeah. and do it in 1.5 seconds. For a reason. Uh, so, yeah, and, you know... I. I might stir up a little something here with people saying, oh, you got training wheels and the magnets and stuff like that. Yeah. These cars are hard, and if you wreck, they break. Very Yeah, frequently, pretty much. You know? So, you know, there's something to be said for you quite literally can't make a mistake uh, in these in these classes that we're about to tackle next. So Neo Modified uses neodymium magnets. Um along with, again, custom-wound armatures. These are typically around 1 ohm, I think, or less armatures. They're insanely, insanely quick. This is the type of yep. stuff that you normally see in drag racing, um, but with setups that accommodate it uh, for, <laughs> for um, road racing. Yep. So my pick... Now, this is where uh, you and I are almost, like, flipped a little bit because I picked Corey for, for CMPM and you had picked Chris Rondo. I yep. picked Chris Rondo for Neo, for Neo. because a similar he, – he's exceptional at Neo Modified. I think it's what he has um, – most of his wins, his national championship, I believe, are Neo. I could be wrong mm-hmm. on that, um, but I believe they are. And – uh, the level of dominance that uh, Bodie has had on the CMPM track over the past year in preparation for the Nationals has been pretty much equaled by Rondo on the Neo track uh, yeah. in preparation this year. He has been equally dominant on mm-hmm. the Neo track. So for that reason, he is my pick to win Neo. He's consistent and proven in Neo, and he's been dominant in preparation. Yep. My pick was Matt Handy. Um, I'll be actually rooming with him at the Nats this year, but super nice guy, races with us for Ohio Hopra. But uh, he's proven also in the past, he's also a former AFX Grand Champion. And, uh, multiple he's times, I think three multiple times. Multiple times. And he's proven to be a very quick racer in these CMPM and Mio Modified classes. Um, and I really think he has, a, and he's, he has a very solid shot at this Mio Modified class, but um, I mean, like you said, this track, Chris Rondo is pretty much dominated on that Shanks wizard. And um, but I think other guys are going to be in the mix, too. I mean, not uh, Roger, your dad is going to be racing in Neo Modified. And mm-hmm. it's 
again, it, like you were saying at the start, it's going to be a very interesting Nats and some of these battles, it's really going to be very interesting how the hometown crowd will fare and how some of these other dominant guys are going to fare on that track. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now we come to the last class. Now this is again, a fun one. This is uh, unlimited, which is the fastest class that we run. You'll, you'll hear (laughs) the name shared with unlimited gravity because uh, you know, unlimited gravity, it's, it's no rules. Pretty much. It just can't pick up the pin. Unlimited is no rules. (laughs) <laughs> pretty much you have to fit through the tech block and you can only have one guide pin that's yep. it that's those it. are the only rules so they're only a little bit faster than a neo mod about a tenth or so a tenth or two depending on the track but uh they're all scratch built cars for the most part or they use a chassis that's scratch built some assembly required do you get what i'm saying mm. like like a yeah. slot tech cheetah is a, is a chassis yeah. that's prepared but you have to glue everything in the cars are so powerful that you have to use on the front and rear axles ball bearings yep uh or else the axles will quite literally saw through the chassis so yep. these cars are insanely powerful and uh, insanely volatile. About half the cars that yeah. enter on a yearly basis do not finish the race. Oh, so, so blow uh, up pretty much almost. Yes. Almost. Yes. And um, you told me in the behind the scenes that there's even been fire before. Occasionally you'll get one that blows up so bad that there's a little bit of flame. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I've seen paint Ugh. melted off bodies. I've seen, uh, you know, shout out to Roger here. I've seen a com quite literally explode. Uh, so, you know. So if all you spectators out there are listening, like we mentioned earlier, this is one of the classes you have to watch, grab your popcorn yes. for, because it can be very interesting. Yeah. Yep. And again, free, uh, free to all spectators. Come and get your spot. Yes, please. Please come and watch. It's a lot of fun. You'll get to meet some really amazing people. But on to our picks. Um, You and I had some overlap in our picks on this one. Yes, uh, we did. You know, I'm going to say, uh, again, a couple names I'm going to throw out there. But my big one is Scott Terry. Oh, yeah. Um, Scott oh, yeah. consistently is like, I, I think he is the most wins in this class of anyone that's yep. not Tony Percelli. Yep. So, um, you know, Scott, I fully expect to be insanely good in this class. Um, other shout outs, Bob Dame, Roger Percelli. Um, and then my other like big pick is for the same reason that I picked him in Neo, it's Chris Rondo again. And it's yeah. because it's on the same track as mm-hmm. as Neo. So. You know, if the car holds up, theoretically, every argument I made for why he'd be dominant in Neo would apply to Unlimited. Um, Because he has a proven track record in this class and he's had dominance on the track this past year. But I I think my number one pick is Scott Terry. And I think that's kind of no doubt. No doubt. And you touch on Scott Terry and Tony Porcelli. They pretty much had a 10 year war in the nineties to into the early two thousands in this class, they were going tit for tat almost every year. And 
Scott's proven to be a a, a, grit, a threat as an innovator. The guy can build a car from scratch, no problem. Like he can come up with crazy ideas that work and just such innovative cars that have won that he's won with. And I just think he's the odds-on favorite. Um, I'm not. I can't remember what class is the unlimited, or or not what. Uh, I should say what track they're gonna race it on. But um, um, it's a black Sintra, um, black okay. Sintra whiz track. That is, it's a four by twenty table. It's it's a super speedway, man. It's really Ooh. it's a quick track. So that which Scott's odds on my pick for unlimited because he's really been the threat, the one that everyone tries to beat every year in this class. And I really think he has a solid thing to win. And let's get on to the support classes now, which this one, this, uh, I think you could probably explain Nick, but this is kind of like a mixed bag almost every year. Yeah. So it's, it's different classes almost every year. It's decided by whatever the hosting club is for the nationals. So when it's in Massachusetts, um, Mark, uh, which is the New England club that uh, usually decides um, what classes these are going to be. There's a couple that are pretty much mainstays, like the Mega G Showdown is something that's pretty much every year. Um, yep. Spec Racer has become pretty much every year as well. Um, but the others will vary. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what next year holds, of course. But for this year, uh, the classes are, I'm just going to run through them really fast. Uh, spec racer, amateur, and pro, which is usually a medium chassis, but you could run any chassis that you wanted. Um, it is a level four polymer magnet, so ceramic grade polymer magnets often is what they're referred to as. Um, a hot stock 6 ohm armature. 723 gearing is required. Yep. Um, seven tooth pinion, 23 tooth crown, and then slip on silicone tires. So yep. it is much closer to it's not a bone stock class, but it's much closer to it mm-hmm. um, than a uh, than a super stock is. It's kind of like an in between of like mm-hmm. a bone stock car and a, and super yep. stock um, the brass racer, brass racer, which is incredibly similar similar to spec racer, except. Instead of having traction magnets, it has brass weights on the front and rear of the car. And um, pretty much the same. Like I said, it's pretty much the same as Spec Racer other than that. It's also open yeah. gears. It's not 723 gears required. And uh, it's run at 12 volts instead of 18 volts. Mm-hmm. And just for our listeners in the past, I know you've heard me mention our 12 volt class. This is exactly our 12 volt class. Uh, they just call it Brass Racer at the hopper level. It's pretty much 12-volt yes. class. But um, then it's Stock T-Jet Challenge. This is a one of the <laughs> one of the, one of the uh, one I should say the um, one of the not an unusual class, but it's one that's uh, for the area. Uh, we host the Stock T-Jet Challenge normally every year in March, but it was delayed this year due to the pandemic to August. But they're having a little support race this year. The Akron Canton Group has a offered to hold a stock T-Jet challenge support race. Uh, It's pretty much our stock T-Jet rules, like I've explained on here. Uh, Pretty much almost all stock T-Jet you have to use, but but with the the Akron and Canton rules this year, they have added some rule changes, which you have to use the same size tires all the way around, no matter what. 
Um, it pretty much mimics the stock feel of the T-Jet. And you have to use these ceramic Aurora pancake magnets. You cannot use you cannot use the Red Dragons like we allow in our club. Just these ceramic uh, standard ceramic Aurora magnets. So it's pretty much almost a stock T-Jet except for pretty much the rims and maybe even the brushes and shoes. But yep, yeah, pretty much all areas to explain there. We are racing on the exact track that the stock T-Jet Challenge is hosted on. Steve Breed's Max Tracks Route 93 Raceway. Um, Really complicated track for stock T-Jets. Frankly, it's quite frustrating. I know I don't know if you've encountered stock T-Jets yet, uh, Nick, or raced not. them, but they, oh, man, they are just like gravity, but it's just, you've got to be very smooth. Um, just, it's a, it can be very frustrating for some of the Magnet guys to go from that to stock T-Jet. But then, uh, could you explain a bit about the AFX Mega G Showdown? Because this one's actually pretty special because, uh, if we're we are very fortunate to have AFX sponsor the Nats every year. Thank you very much again to you all, at all staff at AFX. We really appreciate this. You doing this, you guys doing this every year, and uh, uh, really giving back to the hobby. So we really thank you a lot. Yeah, the AFX Mega G Showdown is uh, essentially every year. You can sign up. I believe it's $10. It might be more Somewhere than that. Um, and you are given a Mega G. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot tweak it. You are handed it when you go on the track. You yep. get on the track, and you run your four lanes, and there you go. That's it. It's a round-robin style race. When it's your turn to be up, they hand you the car, and you get to keep it after, which is really nice. Yep. Um, they've been running it, I think the first year of the Mega G Showdown was 2011, so this will be the 10th running of it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's crazy. Because I, I remember I was there in 2011, and I think the CEO of, of AFX was there and, wow. like, introduced the class and everything like that, which was pretty awesome. cool. So, um, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's always a lot of fun. I always watch it at the very least. I haven't always entered, but it's... <laughs> It's very fun, and it's a very generous thing that AFX does for yes. the Hopper Nationals. And I believe that's the last of our support classes. There are two, yep. like, awards, um, yep. but those are the last of our, of our support, support classes. classes. So I guess we'll get through this quickly. Um, I guess we can just go through our picks by – which I think we can just go through all of our pick lists here. But uh, I yeah. picked Bad Tom Canan for Pro Spec Racer. I picked – J.J. Frost, we call him Frosty, for amateur spec racer. He's proven to be very fast in some of these tune-up races on Moe's track, which Moe's track will also race the Brass Racer class and the super, Amateur Superstock class, as well as Amateur Spec Racer. But Frosty has been very competitive in the Spec Racer class, and we um, race that class very often in the Tri-State Southern Hopper Club, which uh, Moe founded and got started to really – Really introduce a lot of the guys to hopper rules and guidelines and uh, procedures, but we mostly race the brass racer and the spec racer there, but occasionally into super stock. But uh, but yeah, uh, Mo's done a really good job running that, and it's really um shown a lot of the talent that some of these guys have. Brass like some of the guys that race brass are really good spec racers or spec mm -hmm. racer competitors, and uh, I think Frosty has a chance to win it. I am racing it as much, again, as much as I want to pick myself, but I'm going to promote Frosty here. He's very talented. But um, Brass Racer, my pick, is Brian Mo Mofield, the track owner this year for that track. Uh, he's proven to be a very, very competitive brass racer. 
Um, and uh, some of those cars, man, I can't believe how some of those guys can drive those classes with how delicate mm -hmm. you have to be with the brass because no, almost no downforce. You have to be, you can get away with a lot less. And I think Moe's done a really good job with this class the past couple of years. And um, a few of my honorable mention picks are Ryan Peoples and Frosty again. Uh, Ryan Peoples is pretty much the dominant racer in our club here in Central Ohio. He's consistently won multiple championships. He's the guy to beat every night. And uh, I, he's a really good brass racer as well. Um, then the Stock TJ Challenge, this is kind of a, a wild card for me because I'm not sure who's attending this year. But the two people I know the best, that, or at least one person that I pick that I know is a great, great stock T-Jet racer is Ryan Peoples himself. Um, I can't believe it how sometimes he makes a stock T-Jet stick. When everyone else is fishtailing, he's just stuck to the track and going. And he can tune, he can build, and he can race them, more importantly. And mm -hmm. uh, the guy can race from stock T-Jets all the way up to polymod. I mean, he is that versatile, and uh, he's he'll be a very legit threat for that T-Jet class, stock T-Jet class. And uh, AFX Mega G Plus Showdown, I'm going to throw my hands in the air and say a wild card. Uh, I think for mm -hmm. the last five years, we've had a different winner every single year. It could be 10 years, to be honest with you. I could be wrong on that. But if I'm not wrong, it could be more or it just it's a very, uh, wild, very wild card class. Um, but... It's it's kind of like a fun class, like you said, Nick. Um, mm -hmm. it's just it's pretty much have throw the car down and have fun. It's pretty much yeah. what it is. I'm not gonna make a pick for it. It's pretty much just a wild card event. I'm just gonna concentrate on having fun more than anything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll I'll run through my picks now as well. Now, I. Uh, my dad might uh might might uh <laughs> give me a little flack for this, but with Prospect oh Racer, I know you picked my dad. I picked Roger because he's the <laughs> defending winner in it and he's so quick in it. Now that said, I think my dad is a really good pick. Yes. Uh Tom Canan, TK, is a really good pick because uh I I've seen his spec racer and it's insane. So he's routinely um, in a great you know, part. Yes. Yes, he he has a great car and he's hungry for a championship. I know these are not technically championship classes, but <laughs> I think he'll be in the mix. But my money is on Roger. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, amateur spec racer. I actually picked you, Chase. Oh no way. Uh, I know you're dominant on this track. You have three wins, uh, in spec racer alone on the national track. So I expect you to go out there and get it done, dude. So, uh, you know, prove me right, man. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to try my best this year, which I, I'm going to make this known right now, but I'm, I know it's my first year at the Nats. I'm going to try not to take it too hard if I don't do well this year, but I know I have a really good shot at it, but I know there's a lot of guy, other guys that are going to be extremely competitive in the game. All of both tries this year. I'm going to do my best. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, as far as Brass Racer goes, mm. um, <laughs> I'm not sure who's going to enter this one exactly. I know a lot of pro racers are not entering it. Yep. Um, that said, I think your pick of Mo is a really, really good pick because he, it, I know they race that class really avidly in his club and it's his track. Yep. So 
Um, you know, I expect to see some good things with with Mo in that class. Um, but I'm gonna go with Mark Keller from Mahopra mm. because he's he's really quick and he's uh he's got a really really good brass racer car. So that's who I expect. Stock TJ Challenge actually didn't make a pick on uh, <laughs> one, but that said, um, if a lot of the same people that enter the regular T-Jet class enter, I think we'll see a lot of the same guys do really well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if, if the Ron Schmitz and the Rick Jockums and the RC Lincolns of the world enter the stock T-Jet challenge, I think oh, it'll be wow. pretty hard for anyone else to dethrone them. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. Uh, you would Me know too. a lot better than I would. And oh, yeah. like you said, with the Mega G Showdown, it's largely car dependent because <laughs> sometimes you get one that's, I don't want to say anything too bad about it because we get them no. from AFX. So but it's, pretty much, it's pretty much a wild card class, man. It's a fun class. Yeah, occasionally you get one that's not great. So well, that's, that's inevitable, though. With any production car, it's inevitable. So. Yeah. But, okay. So, which another guy I forgot to mention with Stock T-Jet, I'm not totally sure if he's attending or not, but Kevin Riggs from the from Alabama. He He's part of the North Alabama slot, or a slot association down south, and he's proven to be a very good competitor and builder of Stock T-Jet's. Um, he's come up to a few of these stock T-Jet challenges the past couple of years and really had some really good showings out there. And I really think he could be a really good second pick, which, uh, again, with the stock T-Jet, I'm not sure. It's kind of an, a roll of the dice in terms of the entry list. So we're kind of just forgive us if someone we predicted is not even there, but, uh, kind of just shots in the dark, not having entry lists, but, uh, um, but I really think, I mean, Kevin Riggs and the Alabama gang really do have a have a great program, stock program down there. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, now we're on to our two really big awards of the Nats, but the I know um, which I'll I'll let Nick explain here for me. But uh, the two biggest awards. Yeah. So the first one um, is the AFX Grand Champion. Now, that is an award given out every year, which is essentially uh, whoever does the best at the Nationals gets it. Um, basically, for all of the championship classes, with the exception of amateur superstock, um, you s- score points. You're only eligible to be the AFX Grand Champion if you enter at least three championship classes. And essentially how it works is if you are first place in a class, you get one point. If you are second place, you get two points. So on and so forth. If you're 20th, you get 20 points. It takes your three best classes um, and scores them together. Whoever has the lowest score at the end of the Nationals is the grand champion for the year. So there's only one of these every year. And... Um, you know, we, we have a lot of people at the nationals that have won it multiple times. Uh, I think the most wins with it is Tony Percelli, who I yes. think has four or Quite five. Few. Quite um, a few. And he's the only person that has ever won it with three points. Wow. Uh, 
So That's he insane. won three national classes one year. I think it was 2010. And insane. won it with three points. The closest anyone else has come is Roger won it I in, I want to say 2017, with four um, points. Yes. Uh, he had two Very firsts close. and a second. Um, wow. So, and, and he was pretty close again in, in 20... I want to say in 2019, he had five points or so. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a big deal. The, the grand champion, it's a big deal. Um, so my overall pick this year, and I'm going to change it from what I have written down, Chase, so you're going to have to listen to this. (laughs) Oh boy. uh, I'm going to say Chris Rondinella is going Ooh. to get his second grand championship. Okay. His first one was in um in 2016, but I fully expect him to be first or like second. I expect him to be top 3. Yes. In CMPM, Neo and Unlimited. If all goes yep. well, I expect him to be top 3 in all three classes. Yep. So for that reason, he is my pick and I think he'll win at least one of them. So he yep. is my pick to be the AFX Grand Champion. That said, mm-hmm. a couple shout-outs. Roger, I think, has a really good shot of winning his fourth Grand Championship. He won in 08, 17, and 19. Um, and uh, Corey Glover could win his first. And Scott Terry could also win his second. He was the 2018 mm-hmm. Grand Champion. But yep. my pick is Chris Rondinella for his second yep. Grand Championship. Plus, we forgot to mention, you get your name on a trophy as well. Oh, yeah. There's you a are immortalized trophy. forever. Yeah. You, it's like yeah. our Borg Warner trophy, pretty much. Yes, there is an AFX Grand Championship giant trophy with name plaques all around it that get engraved every year. So you're on it forever. Yep. But my two picks, I'm, I'm, my top pick is Roger Porcelli. I think he's riding momentum for this year. I really think he'll get his fourth grand champion. Um, Ronda was my runner-up or honorable mention pick. I really think he'll be highly competitive. And like you said, Neo Unlimited and CMPM. Uh, Bodie's a pretty interesting pick, too. Uh, he's proven to be very much quick in the Magna classes. And he'd have a pretty decent shot. But it'll be, again, a very interesting thing to see with this year off and how this will all pan out. But uh, now we're on to our next this is our funner ones, I should say. But it's like a bra- – it's it's called Top Slots Cup. And it's yes. – I'll let Nick explain, but it's pretty much bragging rights among clubs, pretty much. I'll yes. let him explain so the Top Slots Cup has only been – it was started in 2018. It is an mm-hmm. award presented by RPMs, uh, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Roger Percelli Motorsports. And um, essentially, it is a club championship. You know, in traditional motorsport, you have your driver champion, and often you have a constructor or team champion, right? Yep. Um, this is kind of the team championship. So the way it works every year – is um, each region, each club, uh, can submit as many teams as they want, and each team is comprised of two pros and one amateur. 
Just like with the Grand Championship, it is lowest score wins. So for the pros, each pro, it is their two best classes. And for the amateur, it is their one best class. Um, So last year's champion was uh, one of the Wisconsin groups. I believe it was Rick DeRosa, Bob Colloran, and Scott Sutker. That's a lineup right there. Yeah. That's another guy we forgot to mention that's flying under the radar is Bob Colloran. Yeah. The guy is quick. But yep. anyway. Yeah, and, and Rick DeRosa too, we haven't mentioned. Yes. He's oh, consistent, yes. especially oh, in the really fast classes, consistently very successful. Yeah, very good so. builder and innovator too. Yes. Yes. Um now, uh the top slots cup, my prediction for the <laughs> RPM's top slots cup is uh mid-atlantic cobra so our our club <laughs> mahabra Not surprising uh you know i gotta bet on myself on this one i hey. haven't i haven't bet on myself for anything so far but i <laughs> have to break so it's roger percelli myself and chris kuiper um so i think we have a really strong amateur and chris kuiper i think Roger and I are going to have a really good showing at the Nats this year. I, I'm hoping that I will have my best Nats to date, and Roger is is Roger. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think I need to say much more about that. So, uh, that's my pick. How about you, Chase? Uh, I think you know what it's going to be, but uh, I'm going to go with the Ohio Hopper team. I'm not sure how many teams we're fielding this year. I know you guys are fielding multiple teams this year i'm really gonna go with the ohio hopper team i know rondo and Bodie are having a team i'm not sure who the amateur is going to be i think i'm still kind of waiting on that but uh um, they are going to be that's going to be a really strong team um rondo's like you said both rondo and and Corey are dominant in the uh on the in a i should say in the um unlimited neo and cmpm um it's it's going to be a very interesting top slots cup. Um, it's going to be incredibly fun. Um, I know it's a huge bragging rights contest pretty much every year with this class, but it's fun though. It's all in good fun. And, uh, I believe, uh, Rondo and Bodie are going to have me do it, but I'm, I need to get more information on it. I'm not totally sure if I'm eligible or not as much as I would love to do it. I need to get a little bit more information on whether or not I'm eligible or not. Because if I'm not wrong, I think you have to do at least half their club's races for the year. But I could be wrong. Yes, I believe you have to be a club member and have attended. I don't know if it's half, but you have to attended a decent amount of the races. I'm yeah. Sure. But, uh, but yeah, um, not really surprising for us to. But uh, I really want to take mention before we get into um, – our goals is, uh, I really think, I mean, not discounting any of the other clubs around the country because Colorado Hopper is really strong. Indiana is strong. Wisconsin is strong, but, uh, Ma Hopper and Ohio Hopper have to be the most competitive clubs in the nation in terms of Hopper racing. And it's, it can be actually pretty hard for an amateur to start off with that. I've had a few frustrating moments in Ohio Hopper, but it's just all in the sense that it's one of the most competitive clubs in the nation. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that I, you know, intending no offense by saying that, I agree with oh, you. Oh, no. 
Um, because obviously Wisconsin showed their hand last year with, with mm-hmm. or, uh, I say last year, yes. 2019, last Nationals with the with their win. Um, but you know, just saying, Ohio Hopper isn't on the board yet for top slots cup wins. Just oh, saying, okay. just mid Atlantic Hopper working in Wisconsin. On we saying. are working on it. <laughs> but we, it's our, I mean, sort of our home turf this year, but. We, we think we can get it done this year, so it's going to be, uh, I should say, pretty good. It's going to be a lot of teasing this year, but it's going to be. Yeah, I think I think we have a pretty good team this year, man, and I I think we can compete with you guys. <laughs> but if you guys don't know, listeners probably don't know about it, but Ma Hopper and Ohio Hopper have kind of got a friendly rivalry going yes. on right now. We have a. a I think they just did they just start that Ma Hopper versus Ohio Hopper or has it been going on for quite a bit of time? Twenty seventeen was the first year we did that. Wow. <laughs> um, but once a year, yeah, there's a uh, there's a joint Ohio Hopper and Mid Atlantic Hopper race in a venue that's pretty in between. Central. It's it's a, it's quite a hike for both. Uh, it's a neutral both sides, but it is one of the best races of the year. It's very fun <laughs> and. Um, I, I didn't get to attend this past year, unfortunately, but it's it's awesome. It's an awesome race, and there's always a lot of um <laughs> a, a lot of bragging about yeah, which, it's bragging which club right. is better based on the performance. Yeah, <laughs> I think you guys triumphed. I think last year, so we need to work on it. So not to brag, but uh, we've <laughs> triumphed most of the years. Just saying. Yeah, you gotta get that across. But hey, hey, we love we love being the underdog, man. We love being the underdog. So, we maybe this year we can do, pull it off. But so, but we're gonna get into now that that joking aside, we're gonna get onto our goal. I think this would be a pretty unique segment. We're gonna get into our goals for the Nats, and I think this is really important, especially. I think it's a really important part. I mean, uh, where we'd like to finish and uh uh what we'd like to accomplish but uh um i don't know whatever you want to do man you can go first in terms of accomplishments since you only got four classes that you're racing yeah. in so. um so i am going to be racing in four classes as chase said the first of which um actually i'll go in the order of which they're going to be raced throughout the week so uh yeah. first up i believe is neo modified I believe will be raced earliest in the week of the classes that I'm running. Um, I am, my goal is for a top eight run in Neo Modified. I have in 2018 and 19 qualified very high in Neo Mod. I qualified, I think, third in 2018, and I can't remember where I qualified in 2019. Um, 2018, I qualified third and promptly broke my car in the warm-up oh, for, my, uh, for my first race. So <sighs> I technically had a did-not-start uh, on that oh, race. Broke sucks. the chassis immediately. Um, that really sucks. It, it was not fun. And no. then in uh, 2019, frankly, I just... I, I probably didn't practice enough, and I, uh, I got knocked out. I just got outperformed oh. had a few too many offs. Um, yep. So yeah, I, I want to say I still qualified like somewhere in like the fifth to seventh range, but I, hmm. and I finished like thirteenth or fourteenth, something like that. But I think a top eight is in the cards. Um, you know, yeah. barring 
barring bad luck, uh, I think dialing back the amount of classes I'm entering is going to help me a lot. So I'm looking for a top eight. No, that's uh, that's Spec Racer. Uh, Pro Spec Racer is on the same track as the Pro Super Stock track. And um, I'm hoping for just like a top 15. I'm mostly using Spec Racer as practice for Super Stock. Um, my car isn't amazing, but I didn't intend for it to be because if it was amazing, I would take the motor block out and put it in a Super Stock because I care way more about that. So I'm hoping for like a top 15 and just to get better with the track. Yep. Then. CMPM, uh, this is the class that, as a pro, I've done best in uh, at the Nationals. I finished fourth place in 2018 uh, behind Bill Armour, my dad, and Scott Terry. So I know it's going to be a really hard track, but I think... It's going to fit my driving style, so I would really like to be in the top four. Um, But realistically, I think my main goal is to be in the top eight, just like Neo. But ideally, I'd really like to be in the top four. Hmm. My last bit is Pro Superstock. That's now Superstock, not on the national stage, is... uh, the class I've had the most success with. I have eight yeah. wins regionally. Four of them are super stock. Um, I'm sorry, five of them are super stock, actually. And uh, four of them were the 2019-2020 season. So I was very disappointed yeah. when the Nationals got canceled. Yeah, you were on a roll. It was my best man. season. It was my best on a season. roll. So, Breakout season. Yes. Yes. And so I... It's my favorite class. I really want to do well. My goal is to be in the top four. Now, I'd be happy to be in the top eight. I I break through the top eight. Yeah. We're going to swing. You go. I'm sorry. I I wouldn't be upset if I was in the top eight. I've been ninth two years in a row. Uh, I want to be in the top eight. I want to take so home some super stock hardware. I want a plaque on my wall that says <laughs> pro super stock. You want okay, to break I want to say amateur super stock. I want one that says pro. Hey, uh, so you, my goal is top four, though. I really want yeah. to be in the main. I think I'm good enough to be in the main. So it, it'll all just come down to how I perform on the day. And um, I, I'm I've been preparing a lot. So. Uh, we'll yep. see if it pays off. Cool. But yeah, um, and funny that you say about the top four in Pro Superstock. I know you, like, this is behind the scenes again, but you explained to me that there's a bit of a curse between you and your dad or something. <laughs> uh, so I will start with, I have tried and failed. I, I was, uh, when <laughs> I was in Amateur Superstock, I finished yep. third twice and second once oh. before I, I was made to move up to pro super stock and they were close races. Yeah. You, uh, you were competitive in those. Uh, Very so that was in 2013, 2015 and 2016. Thank you. And yep. in uh, my dad's case, this is going to, this is going to be even worse. Oh, my no. dad has between Euphora and, uh, and Hopra six second places. Oh at the nationals three of which were in a lap or less Mm. Uh, so 
there's probably several races he probably wants back. I think. Yes. That's another yes. chance. So we're kind, and two of those were super stock in 2013 and 2018 for him. Mm. We're a we're a lap. Or, I'm sorry, uh, that's not true actually. One was CMPM in 2018. Yeah. Um, he was awesome. second in super stock in 2018, but that race was not a lap because uh, Roger <laughs> put on a clinic that race. But um, so we have kind of a joke, kind of like the Andretti curse at at yep. Indy. We have currently called the Canan curse. <laughs> to get a win at the Nationals. So we're both really oh. hoping that it'll get broken this year, especially for him. He's been trying for so long. So Yeah, he deserves um, it, man. That's why that's why I picked him for pro spec racer. He's always had a quick car, but he you both really deserve it. I mean, you've clawed so hard the past few years and you really deserve to be paid back for that. And I really hope you two can pull off a really good result this year. Thank you. Thank you, man. And, you know, I hope the same for you. I hope you have a great first nationals. Um, you know, so it's let's let's uh, move forward, though. Enough about me. Yeah. <laughs> Chase. OK, um, I'm going to put my list also in order. I know the first race of the week I'm going to be partaking in is the brass racer class. I'm I used to be a really good brass racer class uh, racer. When uh, we raced him at Central Ohio before I got into all these magnet cars, and I think now I picked up these magnet cars, it's really messed up my brass racer game. So um, I'm expecting a top 20. I mean, I'll be really happy if I'm in the top 20. If not, I wouldn't be too beat up about it. It's my my. I used to be good at it, but uh, it's kind of weakened now that these magnet cars have come into play and kind of messed it up. But uh, it's first race of the week, and uh, I plan on kind of using it as a warm-up race for that track and just understanding and getting back, kind of like a refresher type of thing, get back in the rhythm of that track. But um, I'm also going to be racing amateur spec racer. Um, I really, I think a top, I have a top four good possibility for a top four. Um, top eight would be cool, but uh, it would be, I just think I have a top four car. I'm confident in what my setup is, and uh, I really hope I can pull it off. But uh, I know it's not going to be easy. Um, then I'll do race vintage T-Jet. Um, I'm looking for a top 15. I think I have a pretty competitive car, but a lot of those guys, it's going to be incredibly tough competition. Um, like you said, Jockham, RC, Schmidt, Kratz, all the heavy hitters are going to be in that class. And I, ha- I have raced on that track in the past. I have finished third on it in the past in that same class. But it's it's going to be interesting and a, really an honor to compete with some of those guys for the first time. And I'm really excited to partake in it. But a top 15 is what I'm aiming for for that. Um, mm-hmm. AFX Mega G Showdown. Um, I did put top 20, but I wouldn't really care where I finished, really. Um, like we said earlier, it's kind of a for fun class and kind of just like a have fun type of type of goal for me for that class. It's so just mm-hmm. have fun. I don't really care where I finished in that one, uh, but um, just want to have fun. Um, stock T-Jets next. Um, top 20, I'd be extremely happy, but I don't count on that happening. Uh, stock T-Jet is one of the classes I think I need to get better at in terms of racing. Uh, I have to adapt for it and all that, but I just got to get used to it more, adapting between that and uh, certain other classes. But a top 20, I'd be extremely happy with myself and stock T-Jet, but I do not count on that happening. 
And then the last class is amateur super stock. Again, I'm super confident in my car setup. Um, I really have to thank uh, Cra Dave Craddock, which we call him Crash, but and uh, Ryan Peoples for getting me set up with that amateur super stock. Really appreciate it. But, um, I really think I have a really good car. Again, really good uh, controller setup. I know that track, and I really, really confident I have a top four. But top eight again would be really awesome. But uh, like I'd be like an UG. Like I could have had won it. But uh, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, first Nats, I'm going to try to have fun at the same time. Cause and well, also being competitive, but mostly having fun. But uh, I, I'm gonna try not to be too hard on myself if I don't get a great result in any of those classes, but I just think I have such a solid shot at it that uh, it, I have a really good possibility to win it, but I know it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. And uh, I really wish luck to everyone out there, that uh, anyone that's listening to this on their drive up there or uh, um, um, listening to it now, but um, just best of luck to everyone that's listening to this that's going to be racing this year. Um, it's going to be so awesome. To be back at a Nats this year after a year, I know we've all been itching to get to see each other again, but mm -hmm. uh, it's it's going to be a massive fun week that week. And uh, I also really wanted to shout out something else. Uh, Roger Porcelli, he has a YouTube channel. He's going to be live streaming every single day of the Nationals. So if any of you at home that are listening to this that can't get to the track, um, you can watch it on YouTube which I'll put a link to his channel in the description. But every, all six days that we will be competing, he will be broadcasting on YouTube live at that track. He'll be setting up cameras and audio so you can hear the action and see it. But uh, definitely tune into that if you can't get over to Royal Ohio to watch it. Definitely tune in. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a really fun time. Uh, Roger puts on a great broadcast. Um, I think that Ed Delphin from Florida yes, will well. also be broadcasting. Great guy. Um, I believe his channel is EA Delphin on YouTube yep. as well. There will be a I'll link. I'll put a link to that as well. Imagine. Yeah. Yep. But he's he makes so. some really great content. He's done a couple of Nats videos in the past. Um, that's where I discovered most of my uh, where when I first started getting into this and doing research. His videos were really good. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's going to be extremely fun, and uh, I surely will probably have a post-review uh, soon after the Nats but, uh, so we can uh, reflect on it and uh, just tell us, tell everyone on here how it went. Absolutely. All right. Well, that's all we have for today. Uh, again, we wish everyone luck this year at the Nationals this year if you're coming up. And again, if it's free for spectators, if you're around the Ohio or the Aurora, Ohio area, June 21st, 26th, come up and stop by. Um, we welcome spectators of all ages, um, free to enter, and you're and be sure to interact with several of us. Um, we love having people there uh, to just watch and uh, experience the hobby in person, and just it's really fun to watch. I mean, especially like we said earlier with those, especially. Uh, the Unlimited, Neo, pretty much all of them are really fun to watch. And feel free to come out and uh, uh, watch this race. We really appreciate it. You will see some of the closest slot car racing and most competitive slot car racing you have ever seen. I yes. guarantee it. Yes, very much so. And it's a, I'm 
I also want to really thank Ohio Hopra and Chris Rondo, especially for getting this all set up. Uh, Chris's yes. girlfriend uh, works for the Bertram, and she pretty much is responsible for getting this all organized. So we want to thank both of them, especially for getting this set up and making it as convenient as possible to us, because we're going to be holding it, I believe, in the banquet hall is where we will all be, all the tracks yeah. and all. But uh, you, it's literally two minute walk maximum, I would think, to get from the track to or your room to the track, and it's going to be very convenient for a lot of us as racers. And uh, um, we really want to thank again Ohio Hopra, Indiana Hopra, and uh, um, crap, I can't remember Peterson's track. And uh, it was just everyone that brought tracks because I know how painful <laughs> that process can be to tear apart a track and set it up again at a different location. But uh, uh, we really want to thank everyone, especially uh, that set this up, Sean Moulter in particular, and uh, for dedicating their time and just their free time their free time into this hobby. And uh, we really highly appreciate it, and especially the sponsors too. Um, too many I can name. Wizard High Performance, Viper Scale Racing, BSRT, AFX, Lucky Bobs, Slot Tech, uh, everyone who makes parts or contributes Victory Tires, Free Roller. Quicker Engineering. Uh, quicker Engineering is another good one. Um, just everyone who contributes to the sponsorship of the Nats, we really highly appreciate it. None of this would be very high support. And, uh, and giving away some really awesome prizes every year. Over $1,000 worth of prizes are given away every year, and we really appreciate that. Um, yep. But that's all I got. Um, I hope to see you all at the Nats. Uh, feel free to come up to me and Nick. Uh, say hi, and we'll uh, we can talk pretty much about anything. Ask us some questions, and uh, um, and we'll we're free to pretty much answer almost anything you ask. So. Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you again to Chase for for having me on. It's always a really fun time uh, being on this podcast. One of the few pieces of new media relating to slot cars. So it's a really great thing you do. I know I said that at the top of the broadcast, but thank you very much true. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Chase. You're very welcome. Very welcome. I hope I hope to be around for a long time. I know school will probably get in the way of this in the future. I go back to school in August. So it might be a little bit of a hiatus, but I hope to continue it when I get some when I get out of college and uh, more into, into a more organized schedule. But uh, I really want to continue this for years to come, and uh, I have some really big plans for it this year that I've been w- wanting to capitalize on, but I haven't due to time constrictions. And I'm really looking forward to it, what this podcast can morph into, and uh, how much momentum it can build. And uh, and you're saying about new media, and it's just it's crazy. With how much new media has popped up, Roger just started doing videos. I know yes, yeah. a lot of different guys. Uh, Slot Car Crazy has been around for a bit of time. He does some great content. Um, just and uh, what was the other guy? I can't remember. I've seen a few of them also on TikTok, which is really nice to get it out on that new new platform and get some new uh, viewers and uh, some new uh, uh, faces into the hobby. But uh, um, we all really need that right now. So that's all. Thank you for that. Yeah. So that's pretty much all for you guys. Uh, we're going to sign off here, and uh, we hope to see you all at the Nationals again. Safe travels for anyone that's traveling to Royal Ohio this year. Um, uh, it's going to be very much a fun one, and uh, 
Uh, you'll probably, you might catch us on the uh, live stream. So if you can't co can't come down to Aurora, Ohio, be sure to tune into those live streams. We will leave links in the description. But uh, we all appreciate it, and uh, we thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening, and have a great day, week, month, or even your year. Heck yeah. Same here. All right. We'll see you guys all later. See ya.